Hollywood, author of The Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length. And we also have special guest uh, sitting in, Tim Moynihan, because Molly's on the phone. I am on the phone, and there was some chance that this remote podcasting operation would fail. So thanks for being Molly's second. Hey, thanks. I'm just a third wheel here today. <laughs> Shh. And I'll be the referee for today's match. <laughs> Should a fight break out? <laughs> Keep we're gonna, it clean. We're going to start a, a, a rumor mill about Buzz Out Loud now. Molly's, now she can't even be in the same room as Tom. <laughs> they just can't. They cannot stand each other. Uh, we have to start on a technical note today, actually. those We got many emails saying that they were unable to, um, people were unable to download the podcast um, in iTunes, and we're very sorry, but Hiroshi Yamamoto, big ups, sent us the fix. He found that an ampersand on line 36 of our XML file was causing a parser error in iTunes. My bad. So, yeah. Look, you know, it but happens. I didn't Honest know that mistake. ampersand screwed That's everything awesome. up. We got the email. I sent it to Veronica. The fix is in. And the now you can get it. is all better. The fix is in. Wait, the fix is in? The fix <laughs> I'm the referee here. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds somewhat uh, troublesome. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for emailing us. We apologize for the error, and um, it's all better now. All right. So we'll let's dive again. in, because there's some big news of Bruin out of Mountain View. Is that where they are? Cupertino. 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 Sorry. Somewhere down there on the peninsula. Apple is Apple. Uh, says they're going to have a big announcement Wednesday. Yes. Apple is notorious for doing this. They send out these invitations to reporters, which sort of no one used to report on until they figured out how it almost always leads to gigantic news a week later. Yeah. So this one says, it seems to indicate that it's going to be a music-related announcement. Well, this is Monday, August 29th, when we're recording this, in case you're yeah. listening to it out of the talk. So you may know the announcement by now if you're listening to this late. But <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, big announcement. And what was the tagline on the invitation? It said, I believe, uh, looking, Something. loading, it said, a thousand songs in your pocket changed everything. Here we go again. So, so I think they're going to release a White Snake album <laughs> <laughs> on our own, going down that lonely road. It yeah. sounds like now I know that they don't care for this kind of rampant speculation, but the rampant speculation seems to indicate that it's almost certainly a video iPod. I was actually more excited about the announcement until I saw your email about that, and then Aww. I was like, "Oh, it's probably just a video iPod." <laughs> I ruined it. But it depends. Like, if it's just a video iPod, then it'll be like, "Ooh, about time." Yeah. But if it's a video iPod with a video iTunes where you can buy movies for $5 or, I, you know, I'm just making this yeah. stuff up, by the way, then that would be huge. Like if well, they've struck deals with all of the Hollywood people. It's true. But then also the other thing to remember is that the FCC just approved the Motorola iTunes phone. Mm. So I also could heard. they be doing their phone? It could oh. be the phone or it could be a larger capacity flash player. Like the yeah. a large, much higher capacity flash like sh- shuffle. Yeah, well, isn't True. that in the works that they people are? I don't know if it was speculation or it may have been actually just fact that they were going to have a flash version of the mini. Mm. Yeah, because Samsung is putting uh-huh. like forty percent of its flash resources towards uh-huh. Apple right now. Right. So it could be a big flash announcement. So. Right. But that or wouldn't be here. Be. We go again. But it could be a video well, iPod and a giant shuffle or something like that. Well, it could be Here We Go Again because it could be now you can hold a thousand songs on a flash drive that's, you know, a third the size. Mm-hmm. And has a screen. Woo! Yeah. I've got yeah, a screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My money's on the Dark Horse, which is the Wi-Fi pod. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Or the Bluetooth pod. You heard it I don't know what you'd do with that, but it would be neat. You could download stuff directly. Oh. Yeah, well, you could buy your tunes while you're out at the cafe. <gasps> 
I can't believe I didn't even... How embarrassing. Well, Shuffle also... I would not see the awesome ramifications of the Wi-Fi pod. Shuffle already has Bluetooth capacity built into it. So it could be Bluetooth or opening Mm -hmm. up the Bluetooth for things. Yeah, it just sounds big. Like the Here We Go Again does lend itself to like the next step. Like the video iPod is kind of seems like the most likely. But I think that is definitely the front runner. Yeah. Or but holograms. <laughs> like R2D2 wait- hologram player. <laughs> the teleportation iPod. <laughs> other and it's interesting actually, this is just a, a quick mention, but it's interesting because there's also a New York Times story this week about how jobs is kind of the the record industry basically has fallen out of favor or jobs has fallen out of favor mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Because now they've realized that this whole digital music thing is a, a good idea. <laughs> Thanks to Steve Jobs, and they want to start selling more. Well, they want to start, uh, char- they want to start charging more yeah. for songs. Yeah, we talked about that uh, while, while you were gone last week. Oh, okay. They want to start charging more for the songs that are more popular. Right. Which iTunes doesn't, they want to keep everything 99 And Steve Jobs has, all, has said all along, I mean, he puts his foot down on the pricing issue. Yep. Because he understands that consumers are only willing to pay so much, which is something that the record industry has never figured out. <laughs> well, you know what? RIAA is just going to have to, I mean, the whole record industry, not just RIAA, is going to have to realize that they've got a good thing going with iTunes. Yeah. And they should be very careful not to mess it up. I mean, they definitely know how to make money. I'm not you know, faulting the record industry at that. So they may be right. They may be able to make more money with this, but they may shoot themselves in the foot down the road. It may be a short-term fix to start charging more. Right. Um, but I understand that they're not going to want to listen to some guy who's the head of an electronics company tell them how to re- price their their business. Well, on the you know, one hand, there's I a little arrogance that. going on there. I can understand that on the one hand, but on the other hand, this is the guy who dragged them kicking and screaming into their own future, right? I mean, they were absolutely about to sue themselves into complete obsolescence by just refusing to even acknowledge the digital music revolution until he came along and said, "Look." You're going to be fine. You just need to get on iTunes, and then people are going to buy your music instead of stealing it. And so now they're just looking the gift horse right in the mouth. Yeah, saying, I, yeah, good idea, Steve. Um, we'd like a little more money. And he's like, sorry, this is my party. Especially because they've started their own businesses, so they feel a little, little more secure in challenging iTunes. In fact, and I don't think they've ever been comfortable with Apple being sort of the monopolistic leader right. of that distribution system. Which, it does make sense, but at the same time, it's like, I think maybe now is not the time to jump ship from iTunes. On the, on the same token, though, I don't know that a lot of people are going to totally blanch at a dollar fifty for a super popular song. I mean, the, the pricing of CDs is all over the place, and they, they still sell well. Such I know, but it's such a careful balance, because you have to be, it has to be a price that you really kind of don't think twice about. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's not necessarily that a dollar fifty is so much. But it's definitely more, there's a, there's a psychological thing about under a dollar, mm-hmm. about 99 cents. And then there's the problem of disparate pricing. I mean, I think it's just, um, it's hard to swallow the idea that one, cost, one song costs one amount, even when it's the exact same sort of digital file structure, and another song costs more. Although people... Purely for profit reasons. Uh, people accept that with CDs, though. If you go and buy a $15 single CD and a $10 single CD... Well, you know, people accept that because the fifteen dollars is more popular because it's a better band. I would it's still the same that, distribution system. Yeah, but I would argue that the steep drop in CD sales argues that people don't accept that with CDs. Oh, I think the steep drop in CD sales is because of online distribution. I mean, they they but had it's because all along CD pricing is totally alienating. It's everybody understands that it's way too high, 
and it doesn't make sense to keep paying that much. So they were just begging for an alternative. But that didn't hurt record pricing before CDs came along. I mean, people complained <laughs> about it, but there was always different pricing. I don't think disparate pricing is really the issue. Maybe they should drop prices for some things to 70 cents. Yeah. I think if they did that, that would be fine. But if they said, we're going to start charging a $1.50 a price that's never been charged before just because songs are popular and we want more profit, that's just consumer unfriendly market. Well, it's just pure economics though. If those songs are that popular, then people will pay the dollar fifty to get them. Well if they if that, they won't I mean, I, then they need what, to lower the price. That's what remains to be seen. But this argument is going on too long. <laughs> so let us move on to I'm about to draw a supply and demand curve, so we need to move to the next up. <laughs> Tom is diagramming. Next up. Uh, Apple, a little bit more Apple news actually, this is a little shorty, but apparently Apple has struck a deal to buy enough power PC chips to last it through 2008, which is a year after it will have supposedly transitioned to Intel chips. Yeah, this reeks of stocking up on canned food for the coming, you know, yeah, whatever. And it's just a little bit scary to, to think about them hedging their bets uh-huh. in a serious way because it's like, well, how confident are you in your plan to switch to Intel? Well, I guess one of the, the justifications was using it in the low end and smaller devices so they wouldn't have, they could save some money in re-engineering those things. Yeah, that's certainly yeah, that's certainly the argument that they've put forth. But it's actually analysts, pretty smart to transition that way rather than just trying to you know cardiac arrest the whole indis- you know the whole dis- the whole line of of material right. at once. Yeah, it's true. You wouldn't want to go cold turkey without a backup. Yeah. So we shall see. Do we have time to talk about Google and their dark fiber? <laughs> I think we do, and we have a, an interesting email about that. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, there's been speculation running rampant, of course, since Google started. Uh, doing all kinds of weird things like buying up land and and putting out an instant messenger, which turned out to be true, not just a rumor. And one of these things is the dark fiber that they've been buying up. What dark fiber is, is it's uh, optical fiber that is not being used. So the dark doesn't mean that it's nefarious (laughs) or spooky. It just means that it's dark as in there's no light going through it. It's optical fiber and it's not being used. It's dark fiber. So uh, the speculation uh, in, in this case with Google, which is just becoming, now it's becoming a sport, Google speculation, uh, <laughs> is that they are planning to create their own internet. Right. There, uh, which sounds ridiculous, but the idea would be just a private uh, Google network that people could use, and it would be faster because it would all be fiber, and uh, except maybe to your door, but it would, you know, the inter- interior of it would be faster, and they could control it. They would they would be able to make sure that it worked the way it should work instead of this wild and woolly internet we have now. Well, yeah, should work being the way that Google defines it. Right. Uh huh. It's pretty. It's very interesting stuff. Uh, I think people are are guessing at least that the possible business application could be for them to offer something like free Wi-Fi to suck people in, and then have this sort of captive audience that they could just market to nonstop. Yeah, and one of the things about offering free Wi-Fi is that it costs a lot for the bandwidth. But if you own your own internet, right. that kind of <laughs> mitigates that cost. And maybe you can monetize it just on ads. And, and you know every page you have has some AdSense things. That would be a whole lot less intrusive than, say, a net zero type of property where they put up a big banner ad that has to load with JavaScript and, and right. slows down your well, whole connection. And another point, actually, to consider about them offering free Wi-Fi is that they could get location-based information mm-hmm. from those browsers mm-hmm. and tell which hotspot people are using and maybe serve targeted ads that way. Now, if they could get that location and serve coffee... <laughs> now, that is the key. I'd be this, into it. 
this actually all raises an interesting point about sort of Google's moves, which touches on the cool. The, we got this great email from Scott, who was talking about um, it was in response to our comments about Google Talk and Sidebar, which we said, you know, these are somewhat lame compared to Google's other services, which are not lame. Mm-hmm. So Scott maintains that it's possible that Google really all of this is about information gathering and that the reason that they may have gone with just an instant messenger and sidebar is that it allows them to just start gathering up usernames and tie people to specific identities, which is something that they can't really do with, with search. Right. Because it's just big. and. But they are doing it on search now because they have Gmail and Google Talk. Exactly. So he said, G- so Scott says that Gmail made a huge inroad for Google in terms of gathering up those usernames, but, you know, obviously MSN and Yahoo have user accounts galore and years worth of them, and so he's thinking, he's speculating that the, the between Gmail, Google Talk, and Sidebar, it's a, just a huge jump in that, those usernames and those user accounts. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Scott, because that, that is a big buzzword in the web industry right now, which is monetizing registration, mm-hmm. getting people to register for your site and getting that personalized data and being able to sell that to advertisers. Not necessarily, although it could be, selling your personal information to the advertisers, but in, in a lot of cases, just selling the ability to target ads towards the exact type of people. Because it's right. huge in advertising is that you lose when you show an ad to an audience that is full of people that aren't going to like your message. But you go ahead and show it to that audience because there's enough people in there that you do want to reach. So the the holy grail of advertising is to be able to send that ad only at the kinds of people that they will think should hear it, rather than wasting it. You innocent web lambs out there, you should know. We want to know everything about you. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's really interesting because websites don't want to do it because of privacy. They want to violate your privacy. They don't. They actually, people are really taking that into account, but they want to push it as far as possible yeah. because they want to be able to target these this advertising. Because it all comes back to that. Um, Just like a minority should, report. I think we should wrap up with our another email that we got, which I think is wonderful. No, oh, we have to mention Slashdot posting about coffee being a health drink. Oh, just, just oh real right. Quickly. I'm so hopped up on coffee, I forgot that one. Because the antioxidants are running through your brain, prolonging <laughs> your life. Prolonging your life. Is coffee... A health drink. Yes. So this story was all over this weekend, <laughs> but then it, the, the best part about the story was that it then showed up on Slashdot, uh-huh. which means it is news for nerds, stuff that matters. Oh, yeah. Coffee <laughs> has numerous health benefits. Apparently, it it's does. It's the Independent is the uh, the article that they quote on Slashdot. Yeah. The online Although there edition. were many. Apparently, it can possibly prevent heart disease, cancer, Parkinson's. And falling asleep. And, and falling asleep. <laughs> so suddenly I am the healthiest person in the world. Yes. Yeah. You are one of the healthiest. But there's a lot of healthy people in this room. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> twitch, twitch, twitch. Now, it would be interesting <laughs> to find out if it's just, is it's probably something in coffee, not the caffeine. So does decaf yeah. have the same benefits? The caffeine is, and that's what I want to know. Actually. Death before decaf. Caffeine is probably one of the negative um, side effects. All right. I'm sorry I distracted you. Go on to what we were uh, that's okay. originally headed towards. Uh, an email from Andrew from Kansas City, Kansas, who says he really is enjoying listening to our podcast every day and we should keep up the good work, which is wonderful, but even more wonderful because Andrew is a seventh grader. Go get him, Andrew. We're going after the kids, the youth of today. Yeah, you know what? Seriously, like the smartest hackers, and when I say hackers, I'm not talking about people who write viruses and break into systems. I'm talking about people who are smart with computers. Some of the smartest people out there are in seventh grade. So I'm guessing Andrew probably knows more than we do about that stuff, so keep the emails coming. All right. 
Uh, you can note. send them to us at buzz at cnet.com, B-U-Z-Z at C-N-E-T.com, or uh, give us a call, 1-800-616-C-N-E-T. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.